Hi, I'm Jason, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm joined by my Rewind and Review mutant co-host, Rob. Hi. <laughs> Cheer up, mutant. No. Welcome, everyone, to what should be another informative, action-packed super episode. And we've got producer Jimmy, Jimmy back using all of his abilities and special gifts to keep this show from falling apart. Jeez, he's good. Um, Rewind and Review is the podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, we delve into its legacy, we discuss uh, how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it as a kid, or, like me, almost always, sometime later in our lives? I swear to God, if this is one of those... It is not one of those, but let's go. Let's this, do this movie celebrates its 19th anniversary this year in 2019, so it's almost 20 years. Yeah. We'll repost this episode next year and we'll be like, 20 years! When we're short of content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it also has its latest franchise instalment and I guess final instalment as well, unless the new mutant gets released at some point. Um, no, it yeah. won't. <laughs> um, so, oh, it's myself. Sorry, it is only fitting that we take this opportunity to go all the way back to the beginning. So let's rewind to the year 2000. We have to go back! Go back, Sam! What year is it? Are you telling me you built a time machine? Two thousand. Before the Avengers, before the Justice League, before all of the Spider-Man reboots, and before Deadpool, superhero movies were in a different place. What had come before? The, uh, the lighter yet grounded and then campy Superman movies uh, from the 70s and 80s. The darker yet grounded and then campy uh, Batman movies from uh, 89 through to 98. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers uh, in the 90s. And then smaller movies such as Spawn, The Crow, The Phantom... Uh, Marvel-based movies, we had Blade in 98, uh, which mainstream audiences didn't even know was a Marvel Comics movie. I didn't either! Um, <laughs> alas, the road was paved for the Game Changer, which is this movie, X-Men! <laughs> Spoiler warning, of course, if you have not yet checked out this movie. Goddamn. Um, and I guess the, uh, the other... What is it, like 20-odd movies or whatever? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it has been 19 years, so... You have had a bit of time. Um, directed by Brian Singer, X-Men is, of course, the live-action film adaptation of the Marvel Comics characters created by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. That's right. X-Men depicts a world where a small population of people are mutants. Uh, who uh, They possess uh, human superhuman powers, um, which makes them distrusted by normal humans. Set sometime in the, in the very near future. Is that what it says? That's what it says, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, very likely our current past. U.S. Senator Robert Kelly uh, attempts to pass a Mutant Registration Act in Congress. The film focuses on the mutants Wolverine, played by Hugh Jackman, and Rogue, played by Anna Paquin, yep. as they are brought into a conflict between two groups of mutants that have radically different approaches to bringing about the acceptance of mutant kind. We have Patrick Stewart's Professor Xavier's X-Men and the Brotherhood of Mutants, led by Magneto, played by Ian McKellen. Absolutely. Magneto plans to use a machine powered by his magnetic abilities that generates a field of radiation to induce mutation in normal human beings. I love this movie. 
I've seen this movie probably 20, maybe even 30 times, yeah. possibly. Um, it was This was one of the ones, right? So when I moved up to uh, from Perth, like from Bustleton to Perth when I was studying, I would generally, I was in a share house, so I'd have the old laptop in the room. Mm. If you ever wanted space, you just go to go watch a movie. I would watch this all the time. This would be one of those ones. This and um, So not only have you watched this movie, but you've watched it multiple times. So many times. So many times. It was actually... Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a different type of episode. No, no, no. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, I, yeah, and, that, and that's it. Like we, I'm very sure I saw this in cinemas. Mm. And then since then, it was just... Yeah. I think we had I think we had the DVD copy um, that had all the special features and everything. I was so into it. Like It's... Yeah. It really... And I fell in love with Wolverine like in this in this movie, like sexually. Or... Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's yeah, fine. We yeah. all we all did a little bit. Who wouldn't? Jesus. Um, but I uh, love this movie. You'll see how much I do love it, whether or not it actually holds up, whatever. But yeah, uh-huh. uh, yeah that's my personal experience. <laughs> I have a connection to this movie. Um, and I watched it last night. <laughs> I don't think I saw this movie or X Men Two at the cinemas at all. Um, I think How good was X two. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold. <laughs> I think the first like big Marvel movie I saw at the at the cinema was Spider Man. Sam Raimi's Spider Man. Oh, right. um, oh okay, okay. So it was either before or during or uh, very slightly after. It was around the you know the chunk of those like couple of years mm. where I think I picked up the DVD. Or it would have been DVDs at that stage, I'm guessing, um, of X Men and X two. So I watched them together at the same time. Um, as one piece, which I think is an interesting sort of take on it. But um, yeah, I found myself liking X2 a lot more. I think there was a lot more going on with it. Yeah. But at the same time, I appreciated the fact that it was like, oh, you know, this movie's pretty cool. And mm. there's a few characters I uh, remember from, you know, the, the cartoon series, the animated show. Yeah. Um, but there was also a lot that weren't there. Yeah. Um, and a few that were a bit different, mm. which we'll get to. Um, Who wasn't there? Oh, okay, anyway. No, which we'll get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but been an avid follower of, of the X-Men movies ever since. Um, there's been some ups and there's been some downs and there's been a little mm. bit of sideways. <laughs> and there might have been that incident of rating X-Men Apocalypse 5 out of 5, <laughs> which we don't talk about anymore. But <laughs> You always raise that up. I was never going to say it. Like Luke's listening probably going, Ooh, Apocalypse 5 out of 5. I wasn't going to bring it up, man. That was all you. I think it's a running gag. I think I'm just going to own it. Nice rating, Jack. <laughs> I'm going to own it. Anyway, it was uh, a very terrible movie. Yeah, anyway, yeah, it's yeah. not a five out of five. I still like it, though. I still oh, like it. But bad, anyway... It's about um, a four. Maybe. I don't want to get into it. I like Oscar <laughs> Isaac. I didn't, he just doesn't have any emotion because he's wearing so much prosthetic. Anyway, continue what you're yeah, saying. Right. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. And like X-Men. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, um, like, going back to that, though... That's not that bad. Like you get to see no, like Jean, like you get to see Sophie Turner turn into like what the I Phoenix. did. What I did was before awesome. we watched that movie at the theaters, we mean the well, not the wife at the time, but me and the soon-to-be wife, we watched all of the X. Well, we did a whole marathon of these, including these of these Fox Marvel um, X Men movies. Yeah, right. Um, so when we when we watched Apocalypse, it was like oh, you know, new movie, and it was you know overwhelmingly emotional. <laughs> I think I was just in a weird place. Um, we're gonna do that again. So oh, Duck Phoenix might be five out of five. Oh no! <laughs> we'll see what happens. Luke will not let that one go. Um, but this movie, however, um, budget seventy five million. Yeah, you want to talk about its legacy? So not a huge. No, keep gushing. Keep gushing. <laughs> no, That's no, great. No, no. Right. So not a huge, not a huge um, 
budget, but 75 million, you know, pretty modest. The box office return though, 296.3. Which so, is less than Batman that we just reviewed. Listen to it if you haven't already. <laughs> what a plug. Um, no, but still good. Like decent. Oh, it's good money. Okay, it, it's decent. Enough to I for, believe, enough for the studio to go, hey, we've got confidence in this. Let's do a second one. Let's move forward. I genuinely thought it was more than that. But anyway, yeah, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Um, there were positive ratings as well, which also, I guess, you know, yeah. kick-started things. Um, I guess overall, the consensus was, you know, this movie is pretty faithful to like the comics, to an extent. Um, filled with action. The cast was very talented. Yeah. Um, and surprisingly, the movie had a very sharp narrative focus. Yeah. Um, however, there was also criticisms of it, you know, being being mainly Wolverine's movie. And, That's what I liked about it. But anyway, and, and the yeah. other characters are sort of underused, I guess. Which, yeah, yeah I, to be honest, if you look, if you look holistically at the entire franchise, it's all Wolverine. Uh, there was a point. Wolverine where, is everything. There was a point. I think it was around the time of. It was around the time of, um, I think, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, and people were like, there's just too much Wolverine. Like, well, as soon as he gets his own movie. Yeah. But yeah. you get Logan, and there's the right amount of... That's the right yeah. amount of Wolverine. All right. Um, so, yeah, what do, we, what do we got? Rotten Tomatoes says it's 81%. So it's 7.06 7. out of 10 for 171 reviews. Batman only had 17 reviews, but that's okay. Or 77, actually, for that one. We've got to stop referring to Batman. <laughs> no, everyone needs to listen to it. It's a great episode. Um, Metacritic gave it 63 out of 100 out of 33 reviews. Uh, awesome. It won... So, Saturn Awards. It won for Best Science Fiction Film. Um, Best Direction uh, for Brian Singer. Best Writing for David Hayter. Costume Design. Best Actor, Hugh Jackman. And Supporting Actress, uh, Rebecca... I, I can't say her name. Is I think it? it's Rebecca Romain. Remain, really? I don't know. I think I've heard that Remain. one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Either um, that or we're going to say Reminjin. Reminjin. We'll Remain. We really apologise, Rebecca. Your performance is great, so good on you. Um, and Empire also gave, um, gave Best Director to Brian Singer as well. Um, was there we, any, were there any other movies, Jason? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we've already mentioned, um, you know, a few. Uh, I think there's something like 20 movies. There's actually only 11. So I did kind of overestimate there a little bit. Mm. Um, soon to be 13. That's if New Mutants does come out. Um, but of course we got the sequel in, <laughs> in 2003, X2, um, directed by Brian Singer as well. Brett Ratner directed the third movie, X-Men The Last Stand, in 2006. Yeah. Um, Wolverine got his spin-off, X-Men Origins Wolverine, in 2009, directed by Gavin Hood. Mm, um, then but... we softly rebooted, softly, um, with a new cast, set in, uh, serving as a prequel, X-Men First Class in 2011, directed by Matthew Vaughan. Yeah. Um, we got a sequel to the Wolverine movie called The Wolverine in 2013, directed by James Mengold. It didn't turn out to be a sequel to Wolverine, though. If it? anything, that was a reboot as well yeah. to the Wolverine series of yeah. films. Messy, man. It gets messy. Yeah. X-Men Days of Future Past in 2014. Brian Singer's back. And he reversed everything. So. Well, he brings he brings his cast from that from this original movie yeah. into this the what we call the prequel cast or the younger yeah. cast or whatever you call it. Um, and you know they they do the time traveling thing, yeah. and there's there's all this, and there's timeline resetting and fixing and adjusting. Well, they try every they, every every movie franchise should do this once. You know, you get just, to a point where it's like, oh, we regret a couple of those decisions. Let's let's do it again. Let's time travel. And it, but it works. Like I mean, that's just their cop out. It's like yeah, no, but we fixed it all, so it's done. In 2016, things got interesting. Tim Miller directed um, Deadpool. Yeah, which we got an American R-rated, filthy. Foul-mouthed, 
uh, Ryan Reynolds as, as Deadpool. Um, mm. It's a part of this franchise. It's not really set within this sort of world continuity, but it's there. They address X-Men... Yeah. The, you know, you can see... It other... turns into a, a joke, really. Uh, yeah, and that's where the humour's... It's a punchline. There. Um, X-Men Apocalypse, 5 out of 5, um, in 2016. Yeah. Um, once again, Brian Singer's back again for that one. Yeah. Um, then you get James Mangold's um, Logan in 2017, which is... I know you're a big fan of that one. I think most people are. a brilliant movie, that. And that was the conclusion to um, Jack, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine storyline. And then um, you get Deadpool 2. I'll take a couple of these. You're right, mate. Um, <laughs> you've been talking so much. Just take, take a seat. You're right. Uh, then we get Deadpool 2, which is a direct sequel to the 2016 Deadpool. Once again, it reflects a little bit of a connection to this universe through jokes. So you see the entire young cast in a room for which about would, 10 seconds. It also makes you go like, when, is this, when was that movie set? Is yeah. it set in the... In the future movies or the art of it? Well, the mansion also gets blown up. Oh, there's too much. So it gets, yeah. And then after that, we've got X-Men Dark Phoenix coming out this year. It may already be out by the time you listen to this. We'll see. That's up to you guys. It's up to you whenever you <laughs> want to press play. And then we've got the New Mutants, which is now scheduled for 2020. I think it's going to be 2050. But we're going to see... <laughs> Look, when, we're Disney now. When, when Maisie is. Williams is middle-aged is when we're going mm. to see her in her youth as... Uh, I think it's Wolfsbane that she is in that. Sure. Yeah. Cool, let's talk uh, criticisms. What did people hate about it, Jason? Um, so 21st Century Fox has been criticised for basically not mapping out the series from the beginning. You know, like yeah. People always refer to these broken timelines, which I mentioned before. You know, like, it's a bit disjointed, it's a bit all over the place. Because they don't have Foggy. But I was thinking, I was like, if you look at the series as a whole, Mm. if you basically remove X-Men Origins Wolverine, a lot of the timeline does make sense. Things It's mainly that movie that has a lot of the inconsistencies and bad... I actually just pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah, that's the best. I might not even add it to my marathon when I watch. I wouldn't. You don't need it. It doesn't serve any yeah. purpose, and it um yeah, it's, not, it's useless. The only, I mean, it's only useful to watch it before watching Deadpool two. Yeah, because of the joke, just to know in context. Yeah, oh, well, that, that's exactly right. But you already do know that. Mm. Anyway. Interestingly, though, you know, this big slate of films that we have, there were a lot of films that mm. were abandoned, were they were talked about, and things weren't happening. And now with the Disney stuff that's going on, which we'll get to, these aren't happening. There's a few X Men Origins Wolverine. No, sorry. Um, X Men. No, they, they made that one. No, they made that that's one. the one oh, you don't want should to have remember. Abandoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, X Men. Or- yeah. um, X Men Origins Magneto, which was going to be like a you know, following X Men Origins Wolverine, but yeah. obviously they abandoned that, that idea following that film, so that yeah. makes sense. Um, they were going to make an X Force film. There's Gambit. They kind been- of did, but didn't. But yeah, Gambit's been on the table for God knows how long. Uh, I, I read the other day it was cancelled. That's gone. With they're all done. Yeah. They're all done and dusted. Now, oh, with, yeah. with the Fox Disney thing, yeah, they're right. all done. Um, Deadpool 3. Deadpool 3, possibly not happening, although Disney are talking about potentially continuing Deadpool, being the only connective thread to... But Disney wouldn't do an R-rated movie. No, they, Bob Iger said they're happy to do it, just they wouldn't brand it. Disney. It wouldn't be branded Disney. It would wouldn't be... be released on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> yeah. Ah, Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> um, the New Mutants were supposed to be getting a whole bunch of spin-offs as well, yeah. and like a whole trilogy and all that. Yeah. Um, Alpha Flight, X twenty three. Alpha, Flight, it's like what is it like the Canadian X Men? I think like Logan. <laughs> no, no, but like actually Canadians. <laughs> all right. Um, X twenty three. 
So that would have been like a, oh, a, a, a follow-up from Logan. I was really hoping that would happen because... Um, um, what's her name? Uh, Laura, or Laura's character's name. I can't remember the actress's name. She was brilliant. In Logan, yeah. yeah. Um, they were going to have a film focused on Jamie Madrox. Cool, don't know who that is. Very good. And they're also thinking about doing a Kitty Pride movie as Do well. Do know who she is. But um, yeah, none of these are happening, so that's interesting conversation. Who's Jamie Madrox? Um, don't ask me questions. Okay, <laughs> and then, of course... Disney has acquired 21st Century Fox, and so many decisions have been made. And by the sounds of it, I don't know too much about it, but it sounds like they've shelved. Yeah, so as we are speaking now, um, we are approaching the end of these Fox Marvel X-Men films, and any future movies past The New Mutants will be under the Marvel Studios banner. Which is exciting. It's exciting. But it does also suck for the universe that's been built. Unless, for some reason, they decide to push on with continuity, but I doubt I've got it. to say, to last almost 20 years, or it will be 20 years of... You know, they did do that soft reboot with the younger cast, but, I mean, they essentially they kept the same continuity, even though it has issues. Yeah. They did keep, essentially, the same world. And I give the studio props for that, for you know having the balls to just press on. You yeah. see all these franchises and studios just being like, let's just reboot. Let's yeah. just start again. Restart. Essentially start. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> well, you know what? We've got Spider-Man coming up, and that's going to introduce multiverse. Yeah, will it? So. Will it? That's another conversation yeah. for a different show. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, we, let's keep on going, though, because uh, we've got a big episode this time. Um, other media. So the Fox Broadcasting Company aired a special um, titled, was it Mutant Watch, to promote the movie that partially includes uh, in-universe scenes of a Senate hearing, which features uh, Senator Robert Kelly. Interesting. All right. Um, Marvel published a comic book um, prequel to the movie um, titled X-Men Beginnings. Not Origins, um, on June 1st, 2000, which was backstories of Minato, Rogue, even though you get an origin for her, um, and Wolverine. And there's also a comic book adaption based on the movie as well. There's a console video game, X Men Mutant Academy, that was released on July 6th, 2000. Did you play it? No. Excellent. <laughs> um, and uh, which obviously took advantage of the, the film's release. The Origins game, by the way, um, for Wolverine was actually not that bad. There's a, so there's an Origins game yeah, that was yeah. released in line with that, but anyway. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, anything would have been better. I'm pretty than sure every movie's <laughs> had one of them. Anyway, impact on the genre it has. Um, the success of X-Men uh, started like a re-emergence for the comic book and superhero film genre, and look what has happened since then. Yeah, we had, we had an onslaught. So this, X-Men really did kickstart something. You know, like we, we had Superman... We had the Batman movies. We mentioned some things sort of, you know, happening. You know, we had Blade, but, you know, like, we didn't get anything big and real. We got comic book movies for for kids, for, you know, just goofy things. Mm. But from this, you know, it sort of just showed that, you know, you could make a serious movie with serious subtext. Yeah. um, With real characters and real performances. Based on these fantastical... Yeah, basically yeah. this fantastic source material. Um, studios everywhere were just going nuts. New Line Cinema moved forward with Blade 2. Sony Pictures moved forward with Spider-Man and eventually Ghost Rider. Um, 20th Century Fox moved forward with Daredevil, Elektra, Fantastic Four, and sequels to X-Men. Yeah. Universal Pictures moved forward with Hulk. Lionsgate did The Punisher. Um, even over Warner Brothers and DC, they moved on to Catwoman, Constantine, V for Vendetta, and reboots of Batman and Superman. Gee, um, inter- good. Interestingly yeah. enough, Superman Returns, um, directed by Brian Singer, yeah, which right. is why he stepped aside for X-Men 3. Yeah. 
Um, and you can say without the X-Men film, or films even, mm. there is no Marvel Studios. So everything that, you know, we've just celebrated with Avengers Endgame, like, we wouldn't have any of that if not for this movie. It's crazy, isn't it? Now, we're talking about a legacy of a film. This movie is a catalyst. So, five out of five, that's our rating. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening. No, 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 no. Um, so, uh, you, you kind of already touched on this, but uh, X-Men franchise proved that there's also an audience for mature superhero films, which means that we get our our Deadpool, our Logans, our R-rated ones. Yeah, there's, that's there's it. More, more coming. Um, Hellboy was R-rated, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, America. but we don't talk about that one either. Oh, yeah, no, but I'm, <laughs> I'm saying they're coming. They're coming. There they are. R-rated superhero movies. But I guess we've already sort of touched on it, you know, like how grounded this movie sort of sets its world up. You know, like you, you get a tone um, yeah, of oh. a real, realistic... What am I trying to say? I don't know, man. This movie's pretty real. I like, think it's real. Like, when, you, when you're in the snow, you feel cold. <laughs> um, when you, you know, like, you look at um, Logan's jacket that he wears everywhere with the yellow stripes on it. Like it's all tatty, it's gross. It's like it's real. It's a real lived-in world. They are participating in our world. It's all. It's like yeah, yeah. That's the way I do. Like you can take you can take a cartoon or a comic book and you can put it into live action and put it in a feature film. And this was back in the day when like this stuff wasn't done to this sort of mm. extensive level of uh, you know actually just making something true on screen. That something yeah. wasn't. It wasn't just a cartoon on the screen where you, yeah. you things didn't make any sense or. I mean, the movie opens with, like, a concentration camp at Auschwitz. Yeah. Like, if you're going to talk about how how real and grounded this movie is mm. and how, you know, the, the talk, sort of dark tones that it... Like, this movie is for adults oh, as yeah. well as for kids, you know? Like, there's... there's real, the movie opens with the Holocaust. Yeah. <laughs> like... So, which is, obviously, such a huge impact to Magneto, you know, as in mm. he's... he's one of his core directions is he doesn't like to be segregated. But like, this, the movie, it sets up a character um, with a point of view on, on the human race and mm. they have it with one of the worst things in the history of the human yeah. race. Like, this movie is... Well, do you know what it does? It's real, man. Do you know what it does? Like, that opening, if you want to talk specifically about that scene, it actually makes Magneto's efforts, right, almost sympathetic. You know what I mean? You actually see, because of that experience, that's a very prime example of what's about to happen mm. in the world where they're trying to introduce a new segregation, you know, mutant checklist, all that kind of stuff. Nazis. Basically, humanity is turning into Nazis, really. Except, instead of Jews, it's mutants. But that's the, that's the good thing about this. You have two opposing sides with, you know, the stuff that's going on. Yeah. And you have these two opinions and two thoughts and two ways of coming at the, at the problem but you kind of agree with you can see the you can see the reasoning behind well, both decisions. Santa just says there's a girl who can walk through walls. What's stopping her from going to a That's like yeah, the like, point. Good point. But then you're also like, yeah, hang on, they're still humans, so like I wouldn't want my name on a registry just because I exist. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. So you're like, yeah. yeah. But um, also, it's like well, these things are beyond our control, and yeah. Yeah, a person doesn't choose to be a mutant; they just simply are. But then there will be some that, you know, will take that power and abuse it. And how can we stop and control it? Like, the the validities to the arguments are there. And that's what makes it really interesting when you have those two characters. It adds an extra level of depth. And like I said, talking about justifications for Magneto, you see that opening scene. And when you know that if you've never seen any comic book properties or anything before, you don't quite realise that kid is Magneto until you're, like, a little bit further on. You don't understand the significance of it. 
Um, but then you see his history and you see the reason why he would want to fight back against this kind of thing. And he's got a valid reason to do it. Although he's a dick. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, there's definitely commentary regarding uh, social class. So mutants are deemed as inferior, but there's also a fear to them. So normal people, normal humans, <laughs> normal, like, yeah. look, look down on them, but they're also fearful of them. But there's also this other side of it, which is mutants are actually fearful of normal people. Yeah. yeah like which Storm says. Yeah. When, when Storm says yes. um, but yeah, there is that inferiority to them. What? And they and some of the and the bad mutants are grungy and a bit dirty and a bit gross. Oh, I mean, yeah, they play them all up like yeah. you know, like uh, you know, bad guys. So you look all all gritty and stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, the X Men, the X Men comics, you know, when they were you know, first developed and released and all that, you know, they were um, a metaphor essentially for racism and mm. you know those sort of prejudices that existed at those times. I mean, even though they, they just now, do, but, but yeah, yes, no, I mean they do. That's not a question. Um, but for this movie to, you know, when when this movie came to life and it's put on screen, they could have easily just been like, look, we just want these characters with these superpowers. They're a superhero team, yeah. and these are the bad ones with powers, and they're just going to fight, and people are going to love it because superpowers, and it's all fun. But no, they went. Look, what did the comics mean? Yeah. The comics address these issues. The animated series address these issues. Um, you know, not just not just racism, but um, you know, yeah. social class, sexuality, um, yeah. all sorts of different prejudices. Like that's that's the main core. And this movie went, you know, that's what these stories and this comic is about. Yeah, make like, they ensure that they brought that into the movie, which is fantastic because they could have very easily just been like, nah, well, that's what gives this movie so much character. You know, like there's actually so much going on. Yeah, it's not a throwaway super super power movie. It's a it's a movie with depths where you give a crap about what the character's justification is. 100%. Are. Um, I love it. Um, you got fear-mongering down here, and I, I see that. You know, you get We see one of the earlier scenes, you've got Jean Grey addressing... Con- I don't know, I guess... Like, it's Congress, yeah. It's Congress. I think, well, I'm assuming it is. But you get you know, a senator turns around, or a congressman turns around, um, Kelly, and says, well, you see, you, you have a mutant, a self-declared mutant in front of you going, this is important, we need to have a conversation, we need to yeah, be he, diplomatic. And he turns around and goes... No, 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 no. I'm not doing that. You know, and this is the reason why. And he starts giving valid reasons for it. But they're also he's drumming it up the support. And then he all of a sudden he gets a round of applause, and you see he, Professor X who's just he's like doing that. Yeah, it's it is it's 100 fear mongering, and and it's yeah. something just as prevalent today. Um, yeah. like you know, like I don't have any examples. Do you? No, great, cool. <laughs> <laughs> It does happen today, and it's ridiculous. But whether it be politicians, the media, you know, like yeah. they'll take something and they will heighten it up, and they will take the worst of it and throw it in your face and yeah. say, "Well, and yeah. say that is your example. That's what we've got." So, for example, in in this case, a girl running through walls. It starts off as an innocent thing, and you see Kitty running through a wall. Mm. She's just a kid, but if that's in the wrong hands, and that's what that's the picture he's painting, and so everybody who is a regular human in that room can see that fear. Instead of seeing the compromise, which is yeah, we can just teach the kid not to do it. But even he, <laughs> Senator Kelly, even refers to a mutant being so powerful that he can control everybody's minds. Yeah, obviously referring to Xavier, Xavier but yeah. and it's like the the thought of that is like, well, hang on, yeah, we can't have that. It's fair. Mind you, Xavier kills everybody which, again, in, in uh, Logan, so <laughs> <laughs> it all plays into uh, once again, you know, like the two sides, mm. and even the third side with the humans. It's like you know what, everyone has a point. 
Yeah. And that's why we have true conflict and conflict that we're actually invested in from an opening scene. Incredibly like, yeah, relatable. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, next thing I want to talk about is the score by Michael Kamen. The um, reason I brought it up so early, the opening, the quick opening titles, yeah. I guess, uh, where you get a snippet of of the score. Um, I find it pretty boring, <laughs> pretty bland. It's not remarkable at all. There's there's a theme for like the X Men characters. Yeah. Um, you know when they first take off in their jet, or when Storm and, and Cyclops first arrive, and they you know they rescue Wolverine and Rogue. Yeah. Um, and it, it plays, and it's like, oh, that's 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 cool. That's fun. Mm. That's different from the the score you get sort of in that first little opening credits thing. Yeah. But the the overall score it, it plays a lot like um what I've seen of Brian Singer movies where atmospheric. Yeah. There's not too much sort of excitement to it. It's not until you get into, you know, like X2 where they play on, you know, they play with the, the theme music from X-Men, the animated series, yeah. which is amazing. I do know, quick, quick, uh, quick, quick search from Jimmy is, is letting us know that we've actually um, done movies with Michael Kamen before and we actually really rated him quite highly. Yeah. But, um, so I mean, he, I he did, he did uh, Die Hard and he's done a whole bunch of others. He did Band of Brothers, did The Avengers. So yeah, like I I no, recognise I mean, his other works, right? But in this one, I do have to honestly say, yeah, not the, being familiar with other properties, there are nice elements in this score that that work and are, are sort of fun, and there are some catchy bits, you know, like the, the actual X Men yeah. theme. But then, yeah, just overall, it's it's atmospheric and it, it does work, but it's just not overly exciting. It's not until a bit later on where you get some really fun stuff, yeah, going on. Um, I, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, well. We've covered a whole bunch. We've got a whole bunch left. You reckon we have a quick ad break? Yeah, yeah let's do that. We'll be right back. Are mutants dangerous? Hi, I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. And we are the guys from Up Film Stew. Do you like movie reviews and want to keep up to date with the latest in movie and TV news? Then Up Film Stew is the podcast for you. Join us every two weeks for some good times, laughs, and firm opinions on the things we love. That's right. There's a new podcast released every two weeks on iTunes and SoundCloud. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. Or head to our website, thatfilmstewpodcast.weebly.com. That Film Stew Podcast. Listen, comment, follow, share. This movie is called X-Men. It is indeed. Um, it consists of X-Men. It does. Let's talk about the X-Men. Which one do you want to start with? Um, the bald one. Yeah, let's start with the bald one. Wheel, wheel, <laughs> wheels. Start wheels, with wheels. wheels. Um, Patrick Stewart, uh, Charles Xavier, Professor X. Love him. Professor Xavier. Oh my God, how many names does he have? All wheels. Of them. <laughs> no, he, he is fantastic. Um, I So I read a bit of trivia that even well before production of this movie began, like he was like a favourite. People wanted this character to be... Like yeah, trade by. So obviously they would have just seen him in mainly like Star Trek. Yeah, obviously. Um, I think they see a bold guy, <laughs> British accent. I mean, he is he's Professor X on on page. Come to come to life. I would say so. Yeah. Um, and I mean he, he works, and there's a reason why he was in the role. You know, as late as you know Logan. Mm. You know, he was. He's just that character. Yeah. Like it, it's just. There's nothing he's doing wrong. There's, oh. I mean, he's British. We all, we he's well, we he's all British, well spoken. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he looks apart as well. You know? <laughs> he definitely does. He's in the comic books. Xavier's got no hair, does he? He doesn't. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. So it's not just a case of Patrick Stewart has created this trend of the character. No, it literally just looks like him. One hundred percent. Bald dude in a wheelchair. 
So quick, quick notes. Portrayal. I mean, it's perfect. I, it's, it's, it's. Can you fold him? There's nothing I can think of. I think there are some instances with more so the character, not so much the performance, but the character is. Mm. Um, he does like to play with people's emotions and their motives, and he mm. doesn't all the time give. Right information at the right time. Yeah, but the, you know, it's that's true. Pretty it's true. Con- it's true. He could have, as soon as they realised, hang on, I don't think Logan's the one that that Magneto wants. They could have told Logan that. <laughs> they could have said that to him. Because then I, Logan gets captured. Well, they get captured. Well, that's that's another thing. I was like, did he not? Did Xavier not realise until? I feel like he honestly didn't realise until everyone else found out as well. No, but he, he toys with the idea first. Mm. And, and it was like, like, oh, surely not. Surely not, surely. No. They want this Metal Skeleton Man. Exactly. Interesting. It's Talking pretty... of Metal Skeleton Man, let's move on. Nice one. Hugh, yeah. <laughs> was that not good? Hugh Jackman plays my favourite character, Logan slash Wolverine. I think he's just a legend. I mean, you won't be alone, you won't be alone with people saying that... He's their favourite. And again, there's a reason why he lasted as long as he did, you know, with this character and this franchise. And he is usually the go-to example of a comic book character who was perfectly cast from the Mm. start um, and will be almost impossible to replace. All of these are perfect casting, to be honest. (laughs) Who our casting director was. Okay, fine, we're going to get to it. Um, I've got some trivia about Hugh Jackman. So couple of things um he uh if you look there's different stages throughout the the um the movie where he's wearing not wearing a shirt and at some points he doesn't look as as fit oh yeah. as, like unless, not as buff and that's because he started he only he started production halfway through where he wanted to be and he kept on working out during production so oh, he, he so by the end of the movie but, but it's not i for the notes i could see the production notes i don't think it was filmed in sequence so it's right. a little bit all over the shop um, and I had another fact. I, um, I did think that he looked buffer oh, yeah. running around the school, you know, when he first wakes up there, yeah. than when he was in the cage fights. Yeah, maybe. Like, that, yeah, yeah, so yeah, maybe. It's, it's, it's like, a, still buff. I mean... Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's better than me. I don't yet, if you know me. How <laughs> comfortable are you? Right. Um, so, another thing as well, which I, I, I discovered today, he took ice, corn, um, ice cold showers every morning. And the reason for that was... That's it, to shock it, the muscles. It was a sh- Well, to shock the muscles, but he accidentally had a cold shower on one of the earlier days of production, right? And he gritted his teeth because he didn't want to wake his wife up. And then he realised in that moment, he's like, hang on, this is the character motivation. He said, my character is in a constant state of being angry and wanting to go, ah, Ugh. and not being able to. So he used it. So every morning he had a cold shower to go, you know, to really tense up, but not say anything. Because that's what his character is. It's all about restraint. But but rage. Rage that's being just bridled and brought in and then released. Oh, that's crazy. Isn't that cool? No, oh, interesting. Yeah, interesting little... No. I'm not going to lie. I found that on IMDb. Anyway. That's <laughs> uh, where we find all of our trivia. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and there's probably going to be more later on. Let's talk Anna Paquin. Really, I can't fault her. I really liked her when she was... Like a young actress, like what was that? That one with the duck, Flyway Home. Flyway Home. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know my... why that is one hundred percent stored in my brain. Uh, <laughs> I just knew that. You're a kid, I guess, at the same time. So she's definitely, um, well, she's obviously older, but she's not that much older in this. She's about six. Ah, like no, or she's on the young side. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, bringing that accent and stuff. Yeah. You know, like the portrayal, that, like Southern girl kind of. Thing. What she's doing, her portrayal. And what this character on screen in this movie is doing is is good. It's um it's an interesting take like on a character on on a on a young person who you know mm. just coming into into puberty and like is 
has this power, but you know it's one of the worst ones. It's it's something that actually affects you. She can't touch anyone. Yeah. Um, so we get to view her as you know, like through her, we get to view the world. Like, oh, you know, what's it like to find out you have these powers, and then it's yeah. a problem. Um, and then the movie sidesteps that, and we jump into back to Wolver- we jump to Wolverine, and we. Yeah discover you know the x-mansion and everything about the x-men through his eyes Mm. um so we get different points of view when we need it however Mm. so her her character in this movie is i quite like it yeah however the rogue character um i know you're probably not as familiar but you know she's no i'm super familiar. so rogue is rogue as a character is someone very confident you know she has her issues and problems but she's super confident okay she's very strong-minded and powerful and like really cool her powers as well you know it's similar to this you know she can take other people's powers but she can fly she can do all right. sorts of stuff so um yeah i mean they've, they've made some changes there um she's also this character in this movie is a bit of an amalgamation between um like the personalities of like kitty pride jubilee Who's sort jubilee? of so Jubilee's, oh, she's like in every, almost every X-Men movie, but like, even though she has like those energy blasts and like mm. pyrotechnic type things, so okay. she basically just blow things up. Um, Legendary. But, I wonder why she's not used more. Well, like her, her character, like her character in like the comics and stuff, you know, we have her, her conflict is that her powers are really dangerous. So I mean, essentially what they could have done is just use Jubilee in place of Rogue and it's like, oh, everyone I touch blows up or something, you know, not. Is she like Negasonic Teenage Warhead? No, um, similar, but, but no, but like a di- different characters. Different. Okay. Right. But yeah, like. There's blowing up. There's blowing up things happen. It's destructive. Uh, what I'm saying is that yeah, Rogue is a bit of an amalgamation of Jubilee and Kitty Pryde, personality-wise, mm. and sort of. So they kind of put them all together, and that's why you don't really see. You do see those two characters sort of just as side characters in the classroom, one note things. Bit, bit of fan service, bit of Easter yeah. egg going on. Yeah, cool. Um, so you don't. Yeah, okay. So you don't like the vulnerability of. Rogue. I no, I that, think it's fine. It's my for this... only understanding of the character. Exactly. Like, I liked it for this movie and for this. Like, it's fine. Yeah, okay. Um, but you know, it does become a problem as you get further into the franchise, and then it's sort of like, oh, we have not. We don't really have anything. They don't do anything else with her. Have you seen the Rogue cut of um, Last Stand? Mm. That's cool. So bring it back. Yeah, it's awesome. But it makes sense because she, like Kitty, is in that situation. You know, Kitty can't do, do her thing anymore. So she... Rogue can use Kitty's powers to continue the, the job mm. that they need to do. So it makes sense. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, other characters, we've got so many to go through. How Ali Berry plays Aurora Munro, aka Storm. Um, interesting tidbit. She had a Kenyan accent in this. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't hold that from now on. So the characters she doesn't are origins. very good. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's probably why they didn't hold up. But no. Um, so the origins of the character, to my understanding, are she's from Kenya. So it was kind of this little bit of homage to that. But yeah, I don't know beyond if it's, this, I don't know if it's Kenya of, specifically. Like the accent might be, but I think mm-hmm. the character from Africa somewhere. I don't know exactly where she's from. Yeah. Um, well, well, sir, I, I, IMDb says otherwise. But yes. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, Halle Berry is fine. She's doing Halle Berry. Mm. But it's just... There's not much of... So Halle Berry plays Halle Berry. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she's doing. Um, Again, Storm (laughs) is this strong... um, 
at times leadership type character yeah. and I know this is like early days but we didn't you know if you watch this movie you don't know that there's movies to come sort of mm. thing I think without them you have this problem because yeah Storm it doesn't she seems like a timid sort of teacher she's, she's gentle she doesn't want to yeah she doesn't she seem like this power, but she, she doesn't, doesn't seem wanna... like a, a sorry leader of, of a superhero team she yeah. seems like a teacher that's sort of along for the ride has her mm. bits um, and yeah she does have that moment where she mentions that she's afraid of humans yeah which I thought was a really beautiful scene when she's talking to Senator Kelly just before he dies. <laughs> yeah, there's because it, it's like a, it's a, a juxtaposition on on him. Basically. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, In terms of like her powers and what they do with her and stuff, she's good at killing frogs. <laughs> yeah, that that line. I, how do you feel about that line? I actually like, like it. Like what happens to a toad that gets struck by electricity? Same thing. Same everything else, except she doesn't say it with that much. Sense. I think I think it's one of those things where it's like once you've heard it once, it's like doesn't really. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. When I watched it the other night, I was waiting for it. Like, it's <laughs> coming. It's coming. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Famke Jansen, crush of mine ever since Goldeneye. Gee, mm. she's good in that. I think I think like Zenya 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 on the top. Any potential crush I could have on her is was gone when I watched her in Nip Tuck. I haven't seen what yeah. you're talking about. She's <laughs> she's so don't ruin it. Oh, okay. okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had that experience. <laughs> anyway, apparently okay. she plays somebody named Jean Grey. Kind of important later for this. Meh. She's okay. Oh, again. She's like a surrogate. Not it, sorry. A step in. What I noticed on my last Xavier. on my last viewing of this, uh, we know her to be this character with this immense power. Mm. Um, and you know, later on, you know, we're talking about X Men Three, the last stand where they kind of do the Phoenix thing. Yeah. And, you know, they address the fact that characters like Cyclops and Xavier have been holding her back. And I realised in this movie, there is a lot of both those characters sort of holding her back, but also things in the movie holding her back as well. Mm. There are moments, you know, when they're on Liberty Island, they're in the statue, and there are so many things she could be doing. And I know she doesn't think she has that power, but obviously mm. characters have Well, she's also convinced that she can't do that stuff yeah when, when they talk about is some part of his, blo- his thing is... they talk about Cerebro and you know she yeah. mentions uh, oh it's too too much for me I wouldn't be able yeah. to do it but there's so many things that she could be doing in that final fight at the end you know like what do they do they they slap her with a bit of goo on her mouth so she sort of shoved aside you know they do the movie does things to just sort of take her out of the picture and, yeah. and keep her at bay which I thought was I've never really noticed before I was like they just don't want the, her to do how stuff how did the goo stop her when she's telekinetic, I think it's like poisoning, poisoning oh, her or okay. whatever. So she's like, because she was on the ground and she was like, Arr. yeah. And then Cyclops comes to the rescue. Bloody and Cyclops. speaking of Cyclops, <laughs> James Marston, I actually really like this Cyclops to be honest. Wow. And when he dies in when he dies in um, Last Stand, Last Stand, yeah, I was a bit sad, a bit abrupt. Okay, and then at the end of yeah, I didn't have that feeling. At the end of um, there's a future past, yeah, yeah. When you see both of them again. And you're like, I'm like, it's full circle. I love it. I love it. I think it's great. But, um... I mean, that moment... You not... didn't like Marston. No, like, this... Cycle... You're going to love him in Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. What, what do you think? Tell me what you think. Um, you know what? I like Cyclops in, the in like, the prequel movies. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. There's just this... Well, it's like in the prequel movies just a kid in... Well, no, it's... It's like, he's more fun I like and Havoc likeable. more than I like, like Cyclops. There's more but... going on with him than with James Marsden. Uh, he yeah. just... He's portraying his defensive. Mm. His... And there's a moment... Yeah, he's a bit insecure, isn't he? There's a moment where, you know, where Logan says to him, you know, are oh, you going to tell me to stay away from your girl? And, you know, he says... Wouldn't if have to. I wouldn't have... Like, she wouldn't be my girl. Like, I wouldn't... If I had to, she wouldn't be my girl. And you kind of... In that moment, you go, oh, you know what? That's pretty cool. Like, that's... 
strong relationship. He's confident in it and he trusts her. And, you know, like, oh, that's yeah, a, a noble thing. But then seconds later, he tells him to stay away from his girl. So I can't even explain what that means. It opens up a massive relationship yeah. paradox. Well, like, is he... Like, so then he's not... Are they like, not exclusive? Is he, but he, they're together? He's not a confident, um, trusting... Like, yeah, again, like, he's just... It weakens... I don't know, that might just weaken him. And I, I was just like, well, what... I really like the relationship between him and Logan, though. Like, so forget- the banter. The banter is good. Like, it is good, and especially, like I said, when you see them return later on in the other movies, you feel like because he's so happy to see them. He's happy to see um, mm. Jean because he's obviously in love with her. But he's also in that movie, Cyclops calls him a dick or something. <laughs> but um, but how's this? You know, um, how do I know it's you? And then Wolverine's like, like you're, a, you're dick. a dick. Yeah. The banter is really cool. I like it. Yeah, the banter is great with them too. And but I think it's because we're siding with Wolverine. Right. You know, we're on his side, and so everything that he's throwing out, you're like, ah, ha, 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 ha. So, at the expense of Cyclops. Which I don't know. If, are we supposed to not? But you, like? you do get to see here um, how truly powerful Cyclops is when he loses his glasses, and you see the entire building just blow up. Like I mean, that's one good thing. It's like. Whoa! Because I expected him just to be laser beams, but not full frontal like <laughs> destruction, <laughs> which is pretty wicked. Um, let's talk Sean Ashmore, Bobby Drake, Iceman. So not quite an X Men, but but he's there. He has uh, he has powers. Yeah, he used as a bit of a love interest uh, for Rogue. Though he ends up with Kitty, doesn't he? No, yeah, they, they end up together, and then Kitty. Oh, there's a few things going yeah. on in that. Anyway, kind of movie which um, really, yeah. I like him. I loved Sean Ashmore in um, Animorphs, which was. Just before this TV show, and Animorphs was it's the book series of my yeah. teenage years. I remember Animorphs. Was, yeah, with Iceman, like obviously they do a little bit more with him in the sequels and stuff like that, and that's fine. So the the moments that we do get with him is is okay. You know, like he freezes the the thing. It's it's fine. Charming mm-hmm. young kid. Um, it's interesting though that they they didn't use Gambit instead of Iceman as Rogue's love interest, which in the comics, uh, oh, is that right? Rogue and Gambit. Oh, okay, yeah, it's a bit. I thought because mm-hmm. Gambit appears in um, Origins, played by Taylor Hirsch, I think, and so he's at a much yeah. older age. Yeah, so, X Men. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Wolverine, which thing. I really enjoyed that portrayal of him. Anyway, um, but you think, but but that's essentially the X Men that we do see and we focus on. You know, we see um, Samila Kai uh, cameos as a Kitty Pride type character. Um, Catherine Florence plays someone that looks like Jubilee. Mm. Um, Donald McKinnon plays a young Colossus in yeah. a very split second scene. Um, and Alexander Burton has a small role as Pyro, which I think he's recast in the second one, I'm pretty sure. So is Colossus, so is Kitty. Oh, well, Kitty definitely, Ellen Page in the third movie. Yeah. Um, you know, when you when you look at the car- the comics, the cartoon, the animated series... You know, you want those characters like Kitty is a, a big player, Jubilee, Gambit, Colossus, mm. and these are just this is just on the X Men side. And obviously, I think they wanted a smaller, a smaller roster of characters to sort of play with, but they don't really explore a lot of them, mm. given the fact it's a smaller roster. Mm. We've said it already. It's like it's essentially Wolverine's movie yeah. with supporting characters with a sort of. A tie-in relationship with Rogue there, um, you know, their sort of paternal kind of bond thing. Although I do think that she flirts with him a little bit, which is weird. But anyway, that's on on viewing it last yeah. night. I was like, I think you're keen, but anyway, <laughs> I think you're keen. Yeah. But look, if we're keen, Rogue's got to be keen. I mean, <laughs> well, if I'm keen, on, it's the on boy Hugh from Jackman. Oz, man. It's the boy from Oz. If, if I'm, if I'm keen on Hugh off. Jackman, well, like, <laughs> how can you not be keen on him? Exactly, it's what I'm saying. Especially in yeah, yeah cool. All right. Uh, let's talk about the bad guys. 
The Brotherhood. The Brotherhood. <laughs> Got to start with Ian McKellen, legend. Um, plays Magneto, can manipulate magnetic fields. Move on. <laughs> no. Um, I really liked him. Interesting trivia. He really, really wanted to do um, Gandalf, and they had competing production schedules. Oh. Um, however, yeah, um, Singer actually Singer amended the production schedule for this, because it was filming beforehand, um, production was beforehand, mm. so he could enter into the um, Peter Jackson's production a little late, but in time to pick up that role. I reckon he wanted him so bad, like he was like, no, I really need to get him. And obviously I think McKellen probably would have chosen Gandalf over Magneto. That's true, he actually didn't want this role. Um, yeah, so yeah. so I think, yeah, Singer would have been like, look, I really want him. I know that he's going to choose them over us, so I'm going to do what we can to accommodate him. Yeah, makes well, sense. One of the sticking features, though, for um, Ian McKellen for this movie as well, like other than the, the accommodation of scheduling, was he really liked um, Magneto's helmet. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> interesting as well. But his portrayal is great. Yeah, I'm glad that you know Singer did what he did. Fantastic relationship with Xavier. You don't even need to know what their history is, but you get that there's history, and I love it. Even up to the point when they're playing the game at the end, like there's just chemistry and a relationship there that is beyond the two hours that you see. There's just something there. So the moment they walk out of Congress, and and you don't see Ian McKellen's face at that point, but you hear him, and Xavier's talking to him as if they're old friends, and and they. I think I prefer to that. God thinks he's an old friend, but um, you can tell that they've got very competing. Um, yeah, they they you know, use um, ideologies, and even in these newer movies with the younger cast, you can tell that they've always been competing. Like as in, it's always mm. a slightly. Oh, different that's where they flesh it out and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, in in this in this single film, like yeah, they use very little screen time to, um, I guess, tell us and address mm. the fact that you know there is a long time rivalry, mm. friendship, relationship between the two of them, yeah, or enemyship, whatever you call it, like, yeah. And you know, like uh, there's little bits of information dropped in between. You know, when they're talking about Cerebro and mm. Magneto, uh, and Xavier mentions that you know Magneto yeah, helped build him build it, yeah. and it's like, oh man, like he really was involved in yeah. something happened. You know, like mm. it just. One bit of dialogue makes you go, oh, there's a oh, whole history there. there. There's They were friends. Like He was involved with the X-Men potentially and yeah. all this, you know, the X-Mansion, this school. And, and they what don't happened? touch on it. What you happened? never get it. Because you don't need it for this movie. You just need this issue with the Registration Act and um, the conflicts there. But, you know, you get that tease at the end when they're playing, they're playing chess. And yeah. it, it sort of pits them as, you know, like them two are the players. And it's like the X-Men are, are Xavier's pawns and... Mm. The Brotherhood uh, is Magneto's pawns, yeah. and, and they're, they're just playing, playing this, each other. this long game, and it's almost like they have a deal. Like they're the two kings, and mm. they can't they can't hurt each other. Yeah. But they've got their pieces and their pawns, yeah. and they'll move them and do what they need. Mm. And it sort of makes you, yeah, mm. very manipulative. Manipulative. Yeah. So it's a beautiful moment in that final scene as well with um, E. McKellen and Patrick Stewart as well when they. Uh, Ingrid McKellen turns around, so he's defeated, he's captured, and he turns around and he says, you know, at one point this is going to pass, the law's going to pass. Yeah. It may not be now, but it's going to happen. It promises a war, but yeah. it will come eventually. Mm. But he, he puts the question, you know, like, how do you feel about that? Pretty much to Patrick Stewart. And Patrick Stewart goes, I'm scared about it. But it's still not enough to not have that good, you know... Yeah, he's still going to do what he can yeah. to... It doesn't mean he's going to fight. It means mm. that he's worried, and it's worth being worried about, but it doesn't mean going to war for we're going to move on. Yep. <laughs> Who else do we have? Rebecca, cannot remember her name, Stamos. <laughs> Rebecca Ramin Stamos? Ramin Stamos. Rebecca, I apologise once again for getting your name wrong. She played Raven Darkholm. 
They don't actually call her that, I don't think. That's but um, Steve, <laughs> we, all, we all know it's Raven if you watch any of the Jennifer Lawrence in versions of this character. Or if you know who Mystique is. But yeah, sure. Oh, well, actually, yeah, if you're not me and you know... That's the thing with a lot of comic book movies and stuff. It's like you have these... Or any sort of adaption of something literature... Something with a source of material. You could have a character with names, multiple names. In the movie, they could not even... They might not even address that person as that name. But you know that, that that's that's mm. the character. Yeah. Can I point something out quickly? As we're moving through characters, but we're talking about Brotherhood and X-Men. It's a real obvious one, but it's definitely worth pointing out. Xavier, and when he's addressing all of his team, he always calls them by their name. Whereas... Um, Magneto always calls them by their mutant name. Go back and watch it. That's just how the dynamic works. So, like, wait. So, Xavier doesn't say, hello, Scott. No, he says Logan and stuff. Yeah, well, Logan's different. He doesn't, doesn't say Wolverine, though. And he doesn't say... He says Aurora. He doesn't say Storm. He doesn't say Cyclops. He says Scott. Yeah, so he does use their first... Like, first, their, hum, like their name. He uses... He humanizes them. Yeah. Whereas Magneto always chooses Sabretooth and... Sabretooth, Toad, and... He's, he says mistake. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? But there's too many more that he. I think has I mean, access to. I'm probably taking stuff from you know like the the later movies, but it's like he chooses more to embrace the mutant side hmm. of them. So I guess like their fun name, Where, their made up name. <laughs> I guess yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm Spider Man. Um, all right, let's move on. So oh, well, sorry, mistake. She's great. It's fantastic. Good trivia. She was drunk when she filmed the fight scene in the light um, in the oh. Statue of Liberty. <laughs> That's good. Okay, um, so she brought some tequila to set, yep. and then she ended up by spewing up onto that one. Jeez, okay. interesting tidbit. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's, tri- it's all true. Yeah. Um, I oh, no, look, I really liked her character. She's got some cool action scenes. Did she have her fingers cut off? Jesus, what? You know, she gets the claws out. Oh yeah, I don't know but nothing don't... ever happens from that so what happens is she she shapeshifts into Wolverine mm. looks like him um, the real Wolverine cuts or she has a extended claws real Wolverine cuts her claws off mm. and she screams as if she's Ow. actually having limbs cut off like yeah. you know digits whatever yeah yeah but then she transforms back into you know, herself or whoever you know mm. she's just... fine but yeah like did she have a part of her cut off it's, like, it's weird isn't oh, it? questions man um what what happens we, got, we got Ray Park who plays um, Mortimer to- Toynbee, who also doesn't have his name said, but he plays Toad. Interesting tidbit about Toad: he plays Darth, Darth Maul. He's so he's a yeah. stunt actor and an um, and a martial artist, and so he actually does the motion capture for Clone Wars, and he is the characterization in both um, Solo and Phantom Menace, and he did all the fight choreography. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, but Toad, the character, um, much like Mystique, you know, you get some cool little scenes with him. Not as cool as Mystique. Mystique was doing a lot more action. Flipping, and flipping all kicking. And fighting and all this stuff, yeah. Toad's more like a gross character. He spits on things, he has his tongue. Mm. So there's a few comical scenes as well. Um, but again, not much dialogue, if any, at what all. He say? No, he says, stop screwing around to Sabretooth when Sabretooth's... Uh, yeah, is that the extent yeah. of his dialogue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's not much. They're essentially just goons. Yeah. And that goes the same with um, Tyler Mayne, who plays uh, Victor Creed, or Sabretooth, yeah. um, who, who he gets recast um, eventually yeah. um, with what's his name? Um, Leif Schreiber. 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 Liev? This yeah. interpretation here is more animalistic. He, he's beastly. He's yeah. He's got claws out. Do you know in the in the canon, in the actual context of the comic books, is he related to Wolverine? I have no Would, idea. Okay, I have well, no idea actually. Because I was just thinking about it as I was watching it last night. Did they know upon production of this movie that these two characters are connected? 
or did they make that up exclusively for Origins? Not knowing 100% that detail in the comic, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Wolverine Origins, they just made that up. Yeah. Well, and, we do a bit of research that connection. That's my guess. And then with this movie, obviously, like, yeah, there's no connection. But there's a lot of relationships. Like, uh, oh, there's so many. There's weird ones. Like, we know, like, Xavier is the father of Quicksilver. Um, no, Magneto is, but yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> Magneto is the father of Quicksilver. Um, Raven I, is... I think Mystique is... Yeah, Raven. Mystique is the mother of... Uh, like um, Nightcrawler, I yeah. think. Yeah, because yeah, the... Azazel, she hooks up, shacks up Azazel. Oh, but there's, so there's so much stuff in these movies that they admit they don't... Yeah, yeah like they, they change things up a little bit. And... I wonder what it's going to ch- be like with the Marvel Universe, you know, if when they... Because they're obviously going to make money out of it. They're going to do something. See, I don't know how accurate they would they would go with things. Sometimes they, you know, take the, the Spider-Man movies, like they go out of their way to be different. Mm. So... Oh, Anyway, so that's characters. We've covered a bunch. Oh, we've got Bruce, da- Bruce Davidson, who's the Senator Robert Kelly. Hurrah! He turned into a water bag. Yeah. No, I mean, he's he's the... He's a catalyst for all He's the villainous. Change. He's the yeah. villainous. He's the issue. But then it's interesting that he does have a change of heart. Well, he has a bit of a story arc that... Yeah. yeah you see him. And from what I remember he's, of his he's... character in the cartoon or in the series is that he was very high-strung on his, his opinion. And I don't think he ever had... Um, a change of heart or a, yeah. a change like Fair that. Enough. But yeah, so it was good to have him be like, oh, this is accepting. Well, that, that scene where he comes out of the, the water on the beat, yeah. fantastic. And Stan Lee cameo as well. I didn't see that. My God, what are you doing, man? Where was it? Yeah, he's, he's just he's looking at naked Bruce Davidson. I did not catch that. It's, there's a lot of people on the beach, but he's... he's he, all I saw was the boy and then <laughs> the, the dude who's like putting sunscreen on. Yeah, and then it pans up and he's... Yeah, he's just standing there. He's sort of... He's behind like some sort of cart or like a stand or something and then yeah, right. just sort of leans out and he's like, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. Okay, cool. Um... Let's move in to... Because we've got still so much to cover. My Lord. Um, special effects and action. I mean, it really outdid itself, this bloody movie. What, what, was, what was the production cost again? Something. 75. 75. It should have cost more. Yeah, look. Based on how good the effects are. Again, we're only going back to 2000. We're going... Yeah, 2000. We, we had a bit of a shaky late 90s where there was that over-reliance of CGI, which we've spoken about previously. Yeah. Um, but we know that good effects are out there. There is CGI used in this movie. Some of it good. No. Some of it not. Yeah. <laughs> Some of it not quite. Let me finish. In terms of like you know what we see later on in, in later movies, and I guess it's unfair to sort of mm. compare them, but this movie is a lot. It's a lot more low key. It's not as crazy and intense. There's a bit of you know a bit of action, like mm. I mentioned, like with Mystique. Um, you know, there's not a beam in the, a giant beam in the sky in the final act, but you know, it is a big plasma sort of ray a thing, bubble. a bubble thing. Yeah, that's it. Call, call it a radiation. I bubble. mean, that looks okay. There's that really bad shot of Wolverine sort of swinging around the one, the crown of the can, and it looks pretty bad. Can I say I wholeheartedly disagree? That is one of my favourite things. I mean, it doesn't. No, it does. It still holds up. What the hell are you talking about? It's okay. It's just because it's not Spider Man, isn't what? it? Uh... No, no, I honestly. Oh that... no, I can point out bad CGI in Spider Man. Oh um, man. No, no, I'm only joking. Um, so I. No, I mean, yeah, I was... still. That's one of my takeaways. Maybe so. It doesn't hold. Maybe Did it doesn't you do hold a visually. Did you do a Blu-ray watch? <laughs> no, mine wasn't Blu-ray. Yeah, it was a Blu-ray um, watch. So my so it may not hold up. However, this is the concept of it. It's always held with me since I was. Oh, like, like it's a... like. 
Alright, that's awesome. It's a cool shot, and as he's, you know, like his blades are gone again, like yeah. basically swinging him around. Yeah. Like, it's a cool shot. And, you know, like if you're, if you're not looking at on a giant screen in high definition, yeah, you can probably get away with it. But, I mean, like, it is 100% CGI. And what, it's him? A, yeah, like when he's swinging around. Oh. It's 100% CGI. I thought it was practical. Oh, no way. Now. No, no, is it not the swinging? I thought it was just like the, the scene is CGI. But he himself isn't, because the camera... No, 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 camera, no. He doesn't no, swing around it. But I guess of... you, you, it looked real to you, so... No, that's 100% CGI. No, wow, 100%. okay. There was even some early shots of you know, when you first see him, like, pulling out his... The claws his, I mean, they look... They look okay when they're... I think when he's just standing there, and it's obviously like he's got practical claws coming mm-hmm. out. But then there are some shots, like, when you know he has that guy up against the wall, and mm-hmm. he's got the, the blades, and they're, like, up against his neck. And you see his fist, and he's fist is slightly moving but the claws and, and the claws aren't yeah. and then so you get like a like just a shift in the two it's very subtle mm. but then you go oh well they're not real <laughs> god, god bless blu-ray um there were a couple of other times though where it, it just they do look good but for the most part yeah you can tell senator like, kelly turning into that like the blob thing you know about when, when he's about to expire when he there's sort of like three stages to that scene where he's he's sort of starting to shift and yeah. it looks really good. There's practical makeup and then there's a few visuals, like mm. digital visuals, and you're like, oh, it's turning kind of And then there's a moment in the middle where it's like, oh, he's just become like a, a computer monster. Like, it's just, yeah. But then when it just dissolves into water, yeah, amazing. It's, it's CGI water. And, like, like, and it's bloody hard to do. CGI water, yeah, like, yeah. What? But the transition between that blob and the water and the... I was like, yeah. that was impressive. Yeah, no, I liked it. I, I liked it last night. It just night proves that it's so. like, the technology's there. They know what they're doing. How good was it also when you see the claws slowly come out of his hands? Yeah. Like, that looks good. It's not real, but it looks good. Uh, yeah. Oh, most shots with his claws do. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, no, but not like the coming yeah. out part. That's all CG. Because he's wound, he gets a wound. Oh, of course they would be. Yeah. yeah. Um, and his healing stuff. Yeah, it looks all right. What do you think of um, Wolverine's, you know, when he when he was healing? and it took him longer in this movie to heal than any of the other movies. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> In every single other movie, he gets shot in the head and he's awake within two seconds. What about the the like, shots of when Rogue's taking powers and, you know, like, oh, right. people's faces? Yeah, I thought they looked pretty good. I, they when she's kissing practical. her boyfriend, it looks a bit weird. And there's one time when it looks a bit weird on him, but then the others, it looks proper, like, textured and everything. So that was really cool, too. I forgot how impactful it was, like, to her, his nails... His nails, <laughs> his claws going straight through her mm. because he's having a nightmare, and her look, and then his look on his face when he realizes exactly what's going on. He's yeah. like, "Help me, help!" And he's like, he called out twice, and then it's just like, "There's nothing like, coming. I don't know what to do." Really powerful moment. And he doesn't also realize what her power is, so he just thinks he's just killed this girl. Yeah, and he's looking at her as she's dying, and he can't do anything about it. And she's just like, "Let me touch you." Yeah. No, really powerful scene. However, the the setup for the scene is weird and a little bit awkward. I'm like, I I've never really worked out why Rogue enters that room and unless it was because he's just rolling around tossing and turning, making noise and she's going she might have been walking past and she's like, What? I don't know. Because she was in bed and then she like wakes up and she's like, I'm gonna Yeah, yeah like you said, you know, there might be some weird thing going on with him. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think it's a paternal thing. Yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit more about some other of the effects and action scenes. Magneto's abilities. This is one of my favourite things in the movie is the police car scene. Oh, yes. And it's there's no score. It's silent. 
he comes out and he lifts his hands up and all you can hear is the practical sound of like just things move like, as the car clanking. goes up it's like a couple of clanks but you don't hear like a whoosh or anything. Oh, yeah. it's just like yeah, that's magically really lifted. Actually, anytime you're sort of moving something metallic, whether it be that opening scene with the gates at mm. an L switch, or mm. you know, like playing with playing with his balls, yeah. playing with his metal ball, <laughs> yeah. um, or controlling the bullets, mm. you know, with the, like look good. But in other movies, like in other other places, for that to happen, like what they do, they they dumb it down for the audience, and you'd hear like a whoosh or some kind of thing yeah and you do hear that sometimes in here but like that car scene for example it's just the sound of a car lifting it's yeah. not it's you hear the groan you of don't it hear as weight lifts you don't off. hear the sound of the power in use yeah which is like and then he flips cartoon. them around and he drops them and it's all practical and it looks bloody brilliant um, oh, alright but Magneto's abilities are great <laughs> like he, he stops a bullet while it's still spinning on some dude's head and mm. he's and it's great because he turns around and he goes basically being held hostage by Xavier through Sabretooth and he says can't stop them all Charles because <laughs> he like he loads them all up and ready to go because he's got the guns pointing Crazy. at the cops um, the X-Mansion there's a few special effects you know like with the designs of the underground you know like oh, yeah, the, yeah. the setting and stuff Cerebro Mm. All that sorts of effect. I think they worked fine. Jeez, they must have gone deep to do Cerebro. <laughs> hey? But um, I wanted to point it out earlier when we were talking about um, fantasy versus realism and stuff. You know, so this is grounded. It's it's like only just in the future. It's not too far. You go down into there. They've got this amazing tech. But it's kind of, it's not in your face. Like, it's not like big, like clear LED screen. It's not Tony Stark tech. It's different but you know when they're plotting, oh, they, plotting out the mission and they've yeah. got that thing that just kind of shows what's going on it's like a texture pad basically that's not too far out of the that's realm like, of like possibility that's really it's a hologram and it's that's not crazy it looks good and it kind of matches the aesthetic where it's not too hyper technical but looks futuristic but not crazy yeah we're not yeah. 100 years in the future you can take the whole so, the whole x-mansion thing you know like it's just a it's just an elevator trip down to a basement really and yeah the basements you know the tunnels are just really shiny yeah shiny tunnels shiny. cerebro is really just a really big dome <laughs> yeah basically but like or, it, or a sphere it's funny you mentioned like Talk about the realism and the groundedness on this movie, and it's like it is so grounded. Yet we mm. have our main villain has an evil lair. And, yeah, he does. And yeah. that was something that when I watched, I was like, kind of forgot he had that, and I was like, oh, that's kind of. <laughs> they move away from that. Yeah, like, like I, can, I think that's why I don't remember him having it because yeah. he never has one yeah, again. It's a bit cliche if you think of it like that. Um, he's like, either in the woods or he's out somewhere or yeah. he's just hanging out with people. Where is he in X two? Can you remember? He's other in the back of a he's truck. He's locked up a lot of the time in next yeah. term, pretty sure. Until they free him. Mm. No, that's in the third one. They free him via... Anyway, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> next point, uh, the X-Jet. I look fine, actually. Yeah, it's great. Cool. <laughs> it's the same bloody one that they use for all of them, isn't it? It's yeah. the one that... No, but effects-wise, like, visually, like, yeah, fine. <laughs> Comes out of the basketball court, I think it is. Something like that. It's cool, cool, cool. Um, and, you yeah, know, the train scene. Yeah. I don't know what you, what, what you want to say about that. I think this is one of the main, one of two action scenes, pieces. Well, not only two, but one of the two big action scenes. And it does lead into that scene outside with the cop cars and all yeah. that. Yeah, no, good set piece. Yeah. Bit of action. You get Sabretooth versus Storm. You get yeah. Toad versus You don't really get Cyclops. Versus, he would take Cyclops with glasses. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then and he's one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like, so not that scene, but it's it's... Whenever so okay, whenever Magneto is interacting with Logan, I really like that. So you see it on the train where he's bending his claws, and you're like, it looks painful, and the reaction is painful. Mm. Um, and that's when he says, 
oh dear boy I'm not actually here for you I'm here for her and it's like that point where it's like oops like, we made a mistake but there's also another scene in the Liberty statue where they walk, they're walking in and then um, Hugh Jackman stops and he goes guys get out of here and they don't know what's going on and he goes I can't move and then you realise like they don't tell you what's happening They re- and you realise he can't move because he's got metal in his bones and Magneto is stopping him from moving something's coming and it's a really cool moment where you're like ooh that was clever it's a nice that's, little that's way of delivering it's like- you don't need someone busting through a wall or something it's like he's here where is he mm. he's here that's what what's I guess such an interesting thing and something that I really liked about the X Men movies is that yeah they have put Wolverine front and center but it's like yeah he's pretty much made of metal mm. and your main villain is a guy who can control metal mm. so Makes it's sense. like yeah they can't really be at odds because <laughs> yeah. Magneto has the upper hand every time yeah um, but you mentioned the like Liberty Liberty the Statue of Liberty and uh, that whole scene um, and I already mentioned I guess that that bit with Wolverine swinging around. Um, yeah, but I mean, this is this scene, is your right? climax. Yeah. This is your climax. This is your your. This is the X Men sort of mm. your, your team that we've established, and they're going in, they're doing their mission. Um, and, you know, surprisingly, like you know, you get each of them being taken out one at a time, mm. pretty much until Wolverine's the only one left. Yeah. Um, but no, there's cool moments. I keep mentioning the the, the fight Wolverine and, and Mystique, which I think is a standout. Mm. It's also, I mean, stand out, it's to and fro. So you said that they get taken out, but it's never like a big battle. It's always like a one-on-one thing happening. Yeah. So Storm takes out Toad. Um, uh, well, Thingo, it's like Thingo shoots... Like Toad takes Sabertooth out... through the roof or something. Gene, and then Storm takes out Toad. But yeah, Sabretooth, whatever. Like, yeah. yeah, there's everyone's doing going a bit of back and forth. Yeah, uh, and so, you know, Cyclops takes out Sabretooth through the help of Gene. Like, so it's... They're not battling, but they're like fighting one on one and knocking each other out. There's a lot of, no, it's there's a, a it's lot a, of moments. It's a chess on. game. That's it. Yeah, um, and then you end up with just one or two people basically together. Well, until they kind of come together, yeah. Cyclops shoots Magneto, and, and it becomes Wolverine's movie. And it becomes Wolverine's movie. Uh, <laughs> so, but I, it's, I mean, it's effective. One thing entertaining we should mention with with that scene: Rogue's mm. hair when she's attached to that machine. Yeah, and obviously, you know, it's all everything's happening, and that that streak of white, which is an iconic uh, detail to a character's design. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that machine making her hair do that? Do you care? Are you indifferent to it? Do you think? It's can I stupid? say? Can I say? I've watched this movie heaps of times, and even last night. I didn't realise it was a machine that did it. I thought when he sees her in the mansion afterwards, she, he, and he points it out... <laughs> she just died it. And yeah, I thought... As in oh, it, was a new, it was a new... It was like a trendy thing where she oh, okay. was like stepping up in confidence and like... Doing something different. And that's... I don't know. It could have been the age of me when I was watching it for the first time. It's just that's been the imprinted thing. So I have not so, even paid attention to So now to that. knowing that it was a machine... I think it's stupid. Okay, cool. You just ruined that for me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a coming of age no, yeah. thing where she's... She doesn't want to fit in. She likes it. She's just doing nah. it. Um, I mean, something, you just it. Thanks, I mate. mean, a creative Chief. way to incorporate the street. Two out of five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go. Well, what do you think about it, though? Yeah, no, I think it's. I think it's silly. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I don't know why they did it. Weird. <laughs> yeah, um, like just like you said, they could have just had it. Like, I'm just gonna dye my hair white. Why not? Simple. I thought it was. Girls do it. I honestly thought it was just a bit rebellious, basically, just being. Ah, screw it. Mm. I'm stepping up a little bit. Um, the film wraps up. We've got we've got mystique. She's she survives. Mm-hmm. She takes on the form of Senator Kelly, so she basically solves that whole problem mm. peacefully, I guess. Which is funny that she's the one to do it. You know, well, they would have had to have killed him for her to do that. That's also true. Yeah. Yes. Um. um but you know that that situation with the mutant thing is is at, at bay. I mean, it would have been nice to just see Senator Kelly's character actually 
once he, you know, said, oh, maybe I've been wrong to actually mm. go do it himself, but this also works, mm. I guess. Um, we get hints at Wolverine's past throughout the movie, and the, yeah. the movie does end with Logan setting off to find out where he came from, what happened, what of his past can he not remember. So it yeah. sets up a sequel, so that's good. And, of course, we've already mentioned that scene with Xavier and Magneto at the end. They finished teasing, their, cha- their chess game. Teasing an ongoing conflict yeah. forever. Well, it's kind of planting the seeds. I don't know if they realised they were going to be doing a sequel to this, but it plants the seeds for everything. Or, more importantly, the sequel uses those seeds very well. Mm-hmm. Just picks them all up. Bang, 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 dun, dun, dun. All right. Well, we've covered a whole bunch. This is a long episode. Wicked. It's time for our quiz. All right. So I am testing you. Um, and Jimmy. And Jimmy's got the time. I've got the questions ready. Jimmy's got the timer. Are you ready to rock and roll? You. Yeah. All right. Question one goes now. Where does Rogue meet Wolverine? In Canada. Yes. Kind of. Uh, Arkansas. I don't know. Question two. What subject is Xavier teaching the kids? Um, history. Incorrect. All right. Uh, what bird does Toad eat? Pigeon. Yes. Um, what does Iceman make rogue out of ice? Um, uh, apple. No. No, it's a ball. I don't know. No. Uh, what colour is rogue's hoodie? Like grey? No. Brown, green. Yes, it is green. <laughs> um, what game do Xavier and Eric play at the end? Chess. Yes, correct. What piece does Xavier use to finish the game? Pawn. Does well done. What co- um, what costume clothing does Cyclops suggest Wolverine? Yellow spandex. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the X Men ambushed by Toad and Sabretooth? In the snowy mountain ridge. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, they're not actually. Um, and what is Rogue's home state? Texas. No. Oh, what? <laughs> it's time we go. And there you go. We're done. Um, so a couple, you got a couple wrong there. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to get all of these. I don't know these American locations. Uh, and so where does Rogue meet Wolverine? It does. Okay, Canada's correct, but it's um, northern. You could you could have said northern Alberta because that's what it says. Alberta, yeah. But then the driver does turn around. and He says, "You're in Laughlin City," as in she goes, "I thought you were going to take me to Laughlin City." It's like, yeah, yeah okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, what subject is Xavier teaching the kids? He's teaching physics. And he says, I'm teaching physics. It's Storm who's teaching history. I didn't even get that. Um, mm. Toad eats well, a dove, but a pigeon kind of thing. Iceman makes a rose or a flower. Ah, oh, okay, yes. Yeah. He makes a ball in Pyro's hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, what colour is Rogue's hoodie? Green. That's her costume, man, in the comics. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, yellow spandex you got. Um, where do the X-Men get ambushed by Toad and Sabretooth? It's the train station. I knew you'd say the forest, but that's only Sabretooth that's um, ambushing them. Ah, oh, yes. And it's, that's the X-Men. Like, that's only Rogue. Thing. And what is Rogue's home state? It's Mississippi. Oh, very good. Which comes up on the screen as well. <laughs> so. These location questions. Well, that's the only thing I could think of, because everything else is just too, too easy. Oh, How well, many calls does Wolverine have? Three. Three. All right, well done. Let's rate this and get out of here, because we've gone way over time. We have indeed. Uh, I'll go first. Love the movie. think it's fantastic. Effects hold up. Characters hold up. <laughs> uh, if you want me to expand a little bit. Um, huge part of my childhood, this movie. Not childhood, like adolescence, mm-hmm. growing up. Watched it heaps of times. I might have rose-coloured... Like glasses when I look at it, I guess, like nostalgia. So mm-hmm. maybe I overlook a few things. 
But I do. I can't under. Um, I can't understate the power of the relationship between Xavier and Magneto, and how their relationship foreshadows a whole bunch of things to come, and you don't even realise it, but you know there's something there. And I think it's just an amazing portrayal of Wolverine. I, I wish I was Wolverine when I watched this movie. It was bloody. <laughs> I have to give this. I mean, it's not perfect, but this is definitely a four point five out of five. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, cool. this is this is almost apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get out of here! What do you got? Um, all right, yeah. No, this movie it does it. Like it was a game changer, and we cannot take that away from from this at all. It set up everything that we've come to love. You know, twenty almost twenty years later. Um, comic movies that we've got. Mm. It changed it all, um, 100%. Performances, pretty much broad, pretty good. Um, Some characters obviously shine more than others. Wolverine, Rogue, uh, Magneto, Xavier, um, and the rest are pretty much under... Oh, Mystique's pretty good. Action. But a lot of the characters are underused. Like, that's just the fact of this film. Um, Effects, some are good, some are not it has dated a bit for me. Um, <laughs> in terms of like the themes and you know what this movie is doing with like mature content and mm. it's all it's it's there and that's mm. incredible and that's amazing. As an overall movie and my enjoyment of it, it's okay. I watch it and I yeah. I enjoy bits and I enjoy what it is and what it's meant. But you know, looking at it almost twenty years later, I, I look back and I'm like, for the time it was good, but now um it's it's okay. Um, and this one um, falls as a 3.5 out of 5 for me. Yeah, right. Cool. All right. I accept that. You accept it. I accept that. Yeah. If the score was... If the th- if the soundtrack... Yeah, no, the, that's a good point. The, the, the yeah. score was bad. The atmosphere's not there through the score. Yeah. Yeah. I accept your... Thank you. 3.5. Thank you. Um, so that was our review to 2000 X-Men. Absolutely. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Rewind and Review. As always, remind you that any feedback, either positive or negative, or any rewind requests can be sent to us via email at thatfilmstewpodcasts at gmail.com. <laughs> okay. Um, or you can reach out to us at either That Film Street or Rewind and Review's Facebook pages. Like and follow these pages whilst you're at it. Absolutely. Subscribe and leave us a review on SoundCloud and iTunes as it does help others like self find the podcast. That Film Studio has a website where you can find our entire catalogue of episodes. Yeah. So check it out, thatfilmstudiopodcast.com. Go there. Um, X-Men, Dark Phoenix is in cinemas this month. Or, depending on when you're listening, it's probably already out or it's been and gone, but so bet. Um, Jason and Luke will be covering the new movie on That Film Studio, so keep an eye out for that. Next from us, though, The Toys. They're back in town, Jason. The yeah. Toys are back in town. Yeah. Uh, in anticipation of Disney Pixar's Toy Story 4, we're going to be going back to 1995 for the original Toy Story. <gasps> oh my god! Might be a fan. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. This has been another Rewind and Review. See you on our next trip. See ya! Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library. Hey, hey, it's me. Prove it. You're a dick. Okay. There's a song in there. The year 2000. Silverchair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway.